Welcome everyone to another episode of Bridges in Tech, uh, where we typically talk about technology careers and how to get started and grow in the field. Um, today we're doing something a little different and we are going to learn how technology people can stay healthy. Uh, and with that, I have a health and wellness strategist with me. I can't wait for you all to learn um, from my guest today, uh, Gwendolyn Woody. Uh, so I'll let her introduce herself quickly. Thank you, Joanna, for having me. And hello, Bridges and Tech. I am Gwen. I am a nurse and I'm also a health and wellness strategist. I um, have recently stopped working because uh, I was working COVID-19. And my focus is diabetes and women's health uh, because women of color all around the world surpass in any other number when it comes to diabetes and heart disease. So I just try to help people find strategies that work for them with affordability, sustainability, and obtainability. Thank you for coming on the show. Um, so how long have you been a nurse? 10 years. Okay, so quite a while, and, and, then what, and then what made you just decide to not work anymore? Because that's very recently, right, that you decided? It's very recent. Um, more so, I wanted to focus on my business more. My children are grown, and COVID-19. I have worked two COVID-19 assignments, and it was a lot. You know, I have not been working for a little bit over a month now, and I'm okay, but COVID-19 most definitely was a lot. Yeah, I think it's a, you know, it's a lot for a lot of us, and, uh, and then I can imagine like being actually in the front lines and delivering the services. Uh, I work for a hospital, so we ours was mostly like the technology of like mm -hmm. either offloading people to work remotely uh, but also putting all this new technologies in place to help like our nurses and doctors and stuff like that. But I can't even imagine being on like the front line. <laughs> yeah, yeah like, I'm trying to stay away from everything. So I mm -hmm. can't imagine trying to be in it. So what is one of the things that you think causes women of color to be most susceptible um, to like diabetes in, and those types of uh, diseases? I think because women of color have a lot of stress on them, whether they ask for the stress or whether it's given to them or whether it's just a situation around them. Uh, when you think about it, women of color are usually head of households. They're usually not only working and in a leadership position, but they can be in support roles too, but they are also in school. They are also taking care of other family members, plus their home, and most are trying to start or run a business as well. And then they have their girlfriends. Then they have their uh, personal life or relationship or a husband. So all of these things that come into part sort of tear away at us because we don't find time for ourselves. That makes a lot of sense. We're just like, go, 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 busy all the time. And 
Uh, and then there's the whole other problem of just being a black woman in America and, you know, um, you know, the world's events most definitely in America currently, but, you know, it's a slap in the face because we most definitely work harder than most. We are paid the least amount of money and we are disrespected, but we still show up and show out in a grand way. Um, and that can be a little bit much sometimes. Sometimes you just need to say, okay, this is going to happen and that's it. But most black women that I know and the black women that in my family, they're going to do it, yeah. <laughs> you know, no matter what. They'll yeah. think about everything else at the end. And for whatever reason, you know, with God's grace, it always comes out right. We're always going above and beyond. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yes. So what is for technology workers, um, what are some things that you see that um, technology workers can do differently? So I'm going to use myself as a good example. I don't like exercising. I have a terrible diet, <laughs> terrible diet. <laughs> Actually, it, to be fair, it's probably not that terrible. I eat a lot of meat and rice. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> that that's my that's my entire diet. I eat some mm -hmm. beans um, here and there. I do eat some spinach uh, occasionally, but that's it. Uh, so I'm not big on fruits and vegetables. Like that's not my stuff. But I work on the computer, so I am on the computer for my day job, right, nine to five. Mm -hmm. I'm a business coach, like, you know, at night and weekends and everything in between. So I'm on a computer again because the people mm -hmm. I service are in other parts of the world. And then for recreation, I'm on Facebook, <laughs> right? So, <laughs> yeah. I understand. so theory, I'm on the screen a lot. Um, I do, uh, before COVID, I would... Uh, take time out, hang out with my girlfriends and, uh, you know, hang out with my friends and this stuff. But since COVID, I have just been terrified. I haven't really been anywhere. Uh, when the sun, I live in Michigan, so we were cold more than we're warm. But in the summer, I was able to go out and I would sit, you know, anything that's outdoors, I would do. Mm -hmm. But we're getting back to cold weather, which means I'm not going to have that opportunity. What can somebody like me do <laughs> to be healthier? <laughs> sort so, of. I want to commend you for using yourself as an example. Um, that could be hard. <laughs> um, the first thing I would say, if any person is working at home in a tech environment, because even if you weren't at home, if you were in the office, you're still sitting down and you're behind the computer. I think the most important thing is to try to get exercise and have healthy snacks around you. Um, getting up and say every hour and walking around the floor, up and down the stairs, you know, for five to 15 minutes is good for your circulatory system. And if you can do cardio like jumping jack, you know, that'll get your heart rate up and it gets your metabolism up. Uh, as far as just eating meat and rice, I know I enjoy rice, but I have most definitely cut it off. <laughs> um, I'm not saying that you can't. Yeah, I sort of cut oh. it off. I, I <laughs> we don't have a problem. Um, 
So I'm not suggesting that anybody cut anything off. I say everything in decency, everything in order, and everything in moderation. Mm -hmm. um, it would be like taking heroin from a heroin addict, right? But what we would do is say, hey, you have seven days of the week. Which day are you willing to try something different? And on that day that you're willing to try something different, it's not every meal that you eat, but one meal that you eat. That you might want to implement more fruits and more vegetables. Or instead of eating meat, you might want to try fish, chicken, or turkey, right? Just I have been eating a lot of fish. I do not like eating all that much, but yeah. I've been eating a lot of fish, actually. I eat fish once a day. Uh, one day a week now that's good so okay yeah yeah so so you're on the right path because once our bodies and our minds get used to it then we can grow to you know build out our taste to want more things mm -hmm. um the other thing is is environment i always say environment is important in any situation whether you are tech whether you are a nurse whatever, what is the environment like? Is there healthy things in their environment? I find having plants in their environment, you know, to can help spruce up your um, attitude and your mood a little bit. Having the windows open, fresh air, um, and even having some soft music or a lit candle around can help you actually feel calm and better. For you, because you're sitting at the desk, another thing is to make sure you know you have enough distance between yourself and the computer so your back doesn't start to bother you. You know, your arms and your hands don't start to bother you. Uh, and if you wanted to, you could always get one of those things that you, it's like a little pedal uh, thing, it's just two pedals, and you place it under your desk, and it's like you're riding a bike but you're not riding a bike. You're just patting under your desk. Exercising your legs while you're working. Yeah. yeah. I like that. Uh, I, do think, I do think that it's a lot harder for uh, people that are at home. So when I think about when I was in the office, when I was in the office, right, I would get up and go to get coffee, mm -hmm. uh, get up and go to the bathroom, uh, and sometimes you just want to go chat with Bob over in wherever. Mm -hmm. So you kind of get a little bit of walking in. And then lunch mm -hmm. hour, uh, a lot of people in my office actually like would go to lunch. So like we get uh -huh. up and we either go out to eat or we get out and eat out in the cafeteria. But now at home, I think that there's like maybe almost like an added pressure because you're at home like you, a lot of people are working through lunch, right? Because, mm -hmm. it, it, so you're not even getting up and you feel like uh, because you're at home, maybe you don't need to go to the bathroom that often. And for whatever reason, you just end up sitting way longer. Mm -hmm. <laughs> mm -hmm. I, I, I actually just talked to someone about that. And what you can do is, you know, when you get up in the morning, get dressed, go outside, get into your car, go get your coffee, right? Mm. And whatever else. So if you, I don't know, do you have children? No, no. no okay. So for those, and this is if you don't have children, but, oh, you could do it if you had children too. Everybody gets up at the same time 
you get dressed, you go outside of your home, go get your coffee. Some people get, you know, whatever else in the morning. You do that, you drive, not like you're going physically to the building, but you drive around a little bit. And if your office is in the basement or in another room, you don't park in the same place that you would park as if you were coming home. So if your office is in the basement and you have a back door to the basement, if you can park in the back, park in the back, go in the basement and you know start work. I also suggest that maybe you and your teammates create a Zoom room. So while you're working during the day, you can still talk to John and Bob and whoever else just for you know, conversation, stimulation, you know, because you're still a team, but right. <laughs> you're working individually and you're not communicating face-to-face -face anymore. We act as if we're going to have a normal day, but we create a new normal day. Our new normal day is coming out of our home, dressed with our bag, go get our coffee, hot chocolate, whatever, ride around for a little bit, come back, park in a different spot, go to that area where we work at in our home. And at the end of the day, if you say went to dinner at the end of the day after you got off work, or if you went to go visit your family, um, whatever your usual tradition is at the end of the day when you get off work, you still wanna do that. So you come out of that area, get into your car, drive around a little bit, or go to that destination that you used to go to, if it's still open, still open, and then you come back home and proceed with your regular life. But the key is the area that you have designated for work, you do not go into. That area is just for work. Now, I know you have your business too, so I'm not sure if it's, you know, everything is sort of set up in the same area. Yeah. But <laughs> that way, if you separate the two, you'll feel a little bit different because being in the same area, it may feel like, oh, this is work, this is work, this is work, which can add a little bit of stress, make things feel a little bit mundane. But if we separate the areas at home, this is my workspace, this is my business space, this is my living space, it makes a big difference. Um, it's hard to do, but it can be done. I have seen uh, people, you know, go to like the dollar store, um, Dollar General, and actually buy a curtain just to separate the workspace mm -hmm. from the living space or their business space. Mm -hmm. And it makes a big difference. And then at the end of the year, because you separated that space, you have a tax write-off. Yeah, oh. that is important. <laughs> <laughs> that piece is important. No, mm -hmm. I really love all of that because that's one that's one of the things that comes up a lot um, as we work from home and with you know chatting with our coworkers and when webinars and all those different things. Like, how can we make like how can we ad adapt to this new normal, right? Mm -hmm. and, and still not lose 
our mental <laughs> uh, energy and all of that. So I really like that. I like the getting in the car, driving like you're going somewhere, get your coffee, come back home and then go into work. And when you're done, just continue your regular routine. Mm -hmm. I think that's really helpful because sometimes I catch myself, I roll out of bed in my pajamas and I work the entire day and like literally didn't go to lunch, didn't do anything in between. And even when it was mm -hmm. lunch, I was just like, I'll just sit here for a while. <laughs> but like that's it. it, it <laughs> set your alarm clock for lunch. Yeah. Set your alarm clock for your 15 minute break and set your alarm clock for your lunch. Yeah. It's important that you are getting up. It's important for your circulatory system because even sitting in a chair, you know, at a desk all day, we can build up sludge and that sludge could turn into a clot, you know, and that clot could cause damage. And we don't want that to happen. We want to move around. Mm -hmm. We want to move around. So you know, the pedaling under the desk, mm -hmm. setting your alarm, your 15 minute breaks. And when I know the weather is, you know, turning to cold, but if you take 15 minute breaks and you can go sit in your car, you heat the car up, that's <laughs> not going to hurt you. You know, okay. you can't walk around the whole building, but you can go to your car and listen to the radio, talk to someone and then go back and back to work. I love that. So thank you for that. Um, so let's talk about, um, glucose and sugar addiction. Um, I think, I don't know. So, uh, I'm going to mention if you do not live in the United States, I want you to leave me a comment and tell me about sugar, uh, in your country, because I think that it's an American culture. Everything is sugar. And we're Nigerian, so like my parents uh, are Nigerians, and so we mm -hmm. cook a lot of Nigerian food. We do not add sugar to anything. Uh, like none of mm -hmm. our foods come with sugar. Mm -hmm. But then there is like, unless it's pastry, right? But not like food. Exactly. And mm -hmm. so when I go to other people's homes and they're like cooking their meat and whatever, and they're adding brown sugar, I'm like, what? What do you need brown sugar for? <laughs> so, you don't. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's, that's like people put sugar in spaghetti. I don't put sugar in spaghetti. But yeah, it's just it's it's something that um I don't know who started it, and it's more prevalent in the black community, black and brown community, than of course the Caucasian uh, community here in America. Um, and it's a little crazy. You can go to Mexico and buy coke right that same coke that you bought in mexico has more sugar in it than the coke here in america does so i don't know why this side of the world <laughs> is sugar laden um but you did you mean more you meant more sugar in the u.s right no oh no, in mexico it, like one, in Mex more sugar? i in a bottle of coke in mm -hmm. Mexico has more sugar content than a bottle of Coke here mm -hmm. in the United States. A bottle of Coke in the United States most definitely probably has more sugar content than it would in a European country. Yes, yes, absolutely. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and so what can, what, what does sugar 
addiction do to you? Like, how do you know you have a sugar addiction? I guess first, the first question. So, so how do you know? Well, a lot of people crave sugar for different reasons, but diabetes is not necessarily from sugar. Mm-hmm. Diabetes is uh, more of a metabolic disease because your body is not processing the sugar and using it. Like your body secretes a, a hormone called insulin. So either your pancreas is working, not working, or trying to work. But sugar addiction, you will start to feel more tired. You will start to feel more sluggish. You know, you will um, most definitely see an increase in weight uh, with a sugar addiction. And sometimes our body is craving the sugar because we're not energizing ourselves. So it's trying to think, how can I make energy? How can I make energy? You know? And it's not happening. Some people say they just have a sweet tooth, but usually when we are craving something, it means something is missing elsewhere. You know, like uh, if you're craving chocolate, which is actually healthy for us, you may have a deficit in magnesium. So it's all connected. But sugar itself, natural sugar, not the artificial sugar, is it gets a bad rap, but it's not as bad as what it seems. Mm-hmm. Everybody should have sugar in moderation. Mm-hmm. Um, personally, myself, I have trained my body to wean off of sugar. So I will use dried fruit. Um, like dried cherries or dried mangoes and put it in my tea, right? Um, I will use, uh, now we're going to talk about bread, right? Because all carbs love bread. Yeah, (laughs) that carbs basically is sugar, right? Um, Just in a different form. So if we eat too many carbs, then we also have too much sugar floating around in our bodies if our body doesn't process it. So the goal is to have a certain amount of carbs every day that our body can process with our own natural insulin for energy. So when that doesn't happen, that's when we have like diabetes type two. Type two. Um, and because our body has not processed it properly. Mm-hmm. I hope that makes sense. <laughs> oh, no, yeah, I think it does. Um, and how do you know that you are in like pre-diabetes stage? Like how, how does that one figure that out? So pre-diabetes, you can look at your family history, like very close family history. Um, your parents, brothers, sisters, aunts, uncles, right? Are any of those people diabetic, especially your parents? Uh, second thing is you, when you go to your doctor for your physical, they should be doing a blood test. It may be a fasting blood test, it may not be, but they are supposed to check your blood glucose, your blood sugar. And if that number is over what the textbook number says it should be, then, you know, the doctor is going to say, hey, your blood sugar is elevated. You know, we think you may be a pre-diabetic. You have tendencies 
as a diabetic, but you're not there just yet. So the one test that they do every three months is called the hemoglobin A1C. And this is an average of all your blood sugars. And if this number is elevated, say it's six, seven, they, or sometimes even five, they're going to say that you are considered pre-diabetic. If it comes back 13, 14, 15, they are going to say that you are a diabetic. But if you have that diagnosis as a pre-diabetic, that's a blessing because you have an option to reset. You have an option to do new things. Mm -hmm. um, and if you're sitting down at a desk every day and, you know, you saw the picture of like the police officer that's always grabbing a donut and coffee and not really doing anything, um, you may expose yourself to developing diabetes if you're not being active. Got it. So stay active. Eat healthy. Yes. <laughs> mm -hmm. Okay. Don't eat too much bread and don't eat too much rice. Okay. Got it. <laughs> so in, in everything in moderation, right. everything in moderation. Yeah. And I am a big believer in uh, moderation. I always say, uh, you know, when people say that rice is bad for you, uh, I mostly disagree because I've seen people eat rice when they eat it, they add butter and they add all the stuff. And it's like, well, that is probably bad for you. <laughs> it's too much. Exactly. Just like with a white potato, yep. I love mashed potatoes. Regular white potatoes with nothing is not bad for you. Yeah. But the butter. when you, you add the sour cream, sour cream, the butter, you know, people, they make these loaded potatoes now. You and know, bacon that, and all that. <laughs> that's the bad stuff. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, so, so mostly, I actually eat a lot of plain rice. I, I have a very plain taste. So I can eat just white rice and salt and be happy. Oh, okay. Um, okay. And, and so, yeah, uh, I think moderation is key for a lot of people. So, take mm -hmm. note um, and then exercise. So, let's talk about what services you offer. Um, so if somebody wanted to hire you or get some help from you, what are some of those things that they, you, you offer to them? So what I offer is one-on-one -on -one coaching, um, for diabetics and for women primarily. Um, I also have a service where I go into people's offices, companies and I help them get their environment clean. I can do that virtually, I can do that physically. It just depends on where is that and you know what the COVID situation is in that state. Mm -hmm. So those are the services that I offer. And when I do one-on-one -on -one coaching, um, we are going over everything. Uh, you might get mad at me, but you're gonna like the results. <laughs> so, and I, I never focus on weight loss. I focus on what your goal is. And I think it's important for people to know that because sometimes when we focus on numbers, we fail. We have to focus on the intended goal. Um, the group coaching is no more than 10 people. And we meet every week. And what we do is, as a group, go over the things that I have planned out. And then we go over the things that you need to talk about. And this just gives people added support. Um, because some people are doing good 
but they still need some support instead of trying to do everything by themselves. And then going into people's offices, it's all about creating a productive environment that increases their rate of investment. Like you're not just working for anything. You're not building that business for anything, right? You're building it with the um, goal that this will pay you back. So how can you, what's in your environment that might be holding you up, right? So we make your environment healthier. That's awesome. And how long, also for like the coaching program, how long do you say, like what's the average time frame for that uh, or for people to at least start seeing results? The full, so one-on-one coaching, I have had persons see results in one week. I've had persons see results um, in three weeks and also six weeks. Um, It just depends on where you are Mm -hmm. and what you want to do. Got it. Okay. And and the group coaching is kind of similar. The group coaching is is similar. It's most definitely not one-on-one. It is a group. Um, we do meet once a week and, you know, you can email me questions and I'll respond accordingly. I will have your uh, information linked in the description um, of this podcast so everyone would kind of know how to reach out to you um, and, you know, buy your services or sign up for your services or anything like that. What are some final thoughts um, that you would have want to leave this group. Uh, I'm gonna say this group of women. I do mm-hmm. know that I have allies that are men, uh, but this mm-hmm. group of technology professionals um, mm-hmm. to to remember you with. I would say stay happy, stay healthy, and stay safe. You know whether you have to have a little journal at your desk. Think about why you're doing what you do. Um, know that you are appreciated. Because we need all of our tech people. <laughs> we cannot exist without you. We really can't. So know that you're appreciated and do your best to stay happy and healthy um, and safe. You know, make sure you, you know, in your, with your teammates, take the opportunity to say, hey, it doesn't have to be every day, but let's Zoom lunch together. Mm-hmm make a big difference in your work day mm. i should do that with my co-workers hey let's do mm-hmm. lunch <laughs> i have not <laughs> i've been a really <laughs> really terrible co-worker <laughs> but we end up we've been we've been in like lots of meetings uh those days again like everything is over meetings so we have a lot of meetings and then um, I just catch my coworkers when we are in meetings together or team mm-hmm. meeting, something like that, mm-hmm. but not just like a casual, hey, how you doing? I try to send exactly. them messages here and there and be like, hey, how you doing? But it's like added effort, right? Like, I feel like before you just run into somebody in the hallway, for example, and you could just be like, mm-hmm. hey, how you doing? How's your puppy? All of that. But now I have to go out of my way, look up your name and type the information. And like, <laughs> Try it and let me know how it works. Yeah, no. So I'm, I'm taking notes myself. So that's what I'm writing down here. <laughs> Thank you so much for coming on this You're show welcome. and sharing all of that um, 
knowledge uh, with us. And uh, like I said, I'm going to have the link in the description. So please check that out and connect with her. Uh, yeah, let's get you on that healthy journey. Thank you. Hey, thank you for listening to that whole episode. I hope that you enjoyed it. Uh, I'd love to know if this is the first time you're listening to uh, Bridges and Tech podcast. And if it is, thank you so much. Welcome to the family. Um, if you've been listening all along and following all along, um, thank you for returning and listening again. Um, I wanted to personally invite you to our virtual happy hour uh, that happens every Wednesday at 6 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. It's on Zoom. Um, you can find all the details on bridgesintact.com slash virtual happy hour uh, or just by going to bridgesintact.com. Uh, the information should be out there. I'd love to meet you. I'd love to learn more about you. And I hope to see you at the happy hour one of these days. All right. I hope you have a great week.